Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray Heron. Great to have you along. If this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to, then we hope you enjoy it. Love to have your feedback. We are available on email, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz, or you can get hold of us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok under the name Kiwi Rider Podcast. Coming up in this week's show, we talk about the Mudarini getting serviced, the Siamese that's in my garage, the long termer. Uh, it's hit its thousand Ks and needed its first service. Um, we have Pete's People, the latest edition of Peter Elliott's column in Kiwi Writer magazine, as voiced by Peter Elliott himself. But right now, a brand new feature for you. It is the top five, in which we count down the top five motorcycles from a given genre. And this week, it is the top five largest motorcycles in the world, listed by engine displacement. Let's get into it. In at number five, it is a 1.7 litre engine. Uh, it is a V4. It produces 174 horsepower and 113 foot-pounds of torque. It has a distinctive muscular design. Uh, it uh, has been in production since 1985 and is known for its powerful engine and aggressive acceleration. Number five on the list of the top five biggest engined bikes is the Yamaha VMAX. In at number four, it's a two-liter engine. It's a cruiser-style motorcycle that, uh, powered by a V-twin two-liter engine, producing 105 foot-pounds of torque and has a distinctive muscular design. First introduced in 2004 and quickly became popular amongst riders who value power and performance. Made by Kawasaki, it is the Vulcan 2000. In at number three in the top five motorcycles by engine displacement, uh, this is a one. 1.9 litre engine. It's a custom touring motorcycle that's designed for long distance cruising, powered by a V-twin that produces 125 horsepower, 145 foot-pounds of torque, and has one of the most ex- and is one of the most expensive motorcycles ever produced by this particular manufacturer. With a price tag of over $40,000, it's a Harley Davidson, you know it, the CVO Road Glide. And at number two on our list of top five motorcycles by engine displacement, you know it's coming. It's a 2.5 litre engine. It's um, it's a production motorcycle powered by a three cylinder engine that pretty much gives it away, producing 168 horsepower, 163 foot pounds of torque, making it one of the most powerful motorcycles on the market. It also has a large imposing design and distinctive triple exhaust system. It's by Triumph, it is the Rocket 3. And in at number one is a motorcycle that I haven't necessarily heard of before. A 6.2 litre engine, LS3, custom built motorcycle that's powered by a Chevrolet V8 engine, has a massive 6.2 litre displacement, produces over 400 horsepower and was one of the heaviest motorcycles in the world, weighing in at over 1,000 pounds. Have you heard of the Boss Hoss BHC3 LS3. That is the number one motorcycle on our top five listed by engine displacement. 
Hope you enjoy the top five. If you want, if you if you've got an idea for the top five, what can we work out the top five of? Love to hear from you. Email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz or you can uh, jump on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and send us a message. Simple as that. Right, the motor Marini is due for its one thousand k service. Uh, it's been for its service, and I recorded a little bit of audio on the day. Let's cross to that now. Buddy, if you're not up to date with this bike, if you haven't watched any previous videos, then I invite you to watch those previous videos. All up on the YouTube channel under Moto NZ that you're watching this one on. But anyway, quick rundown. Moto Marini, Semezo, 6.5 SCR. They also make the STR, which is the more street bike variant. This one, the SCR, more of a scrambler. Has the spoky-doky tyres. 650cc engine, inline twin. Uh, Moto Marini, if you haven't heard of them, they've been around since the early 1900s. Italian company, uh, generally making small bore bikes. The last couple of years, bought out by Chinese outfit, and now making the six and a half. Can't work out how to pronounce it. Siemezo, S-E-I-E-M-M-E-Z-Z-O. Siemezo, nice and easy. This one, I've been riding for a while now. Thank you very much, Mata Marini, for lending me the bike for a long-term test. And uh, I enjoy it. I like it. It's a cool little bike. In fact, I think I said in one of my previous videos that uh, this could potentially rival the likes of the SV650 and MT-07 Lambs variants for a um, first ride, first bike for somebody. Because although it's not it's not crazy, powerful, lethal, rip your face off, it's uh it's a well-rounded package and it has enough equipment on it to be a good learner bike it's got adjustable suspension it's got a tft display with bluetooth on it and otherwise it's a motorcycle that just does what it says on the box so we're going to take it into motorrad in lower hut who are the motor marini dealers here in wellington and we're going to get it serviced So I dropped the Moto Marini off at Motorrad this morning, spent a few hours. I told them they could have all day, uh, but just before lunch they messaged me saying it was ready to be picked up. So here I am, I've picked it up, I'm back on it now, and instantly, after just having its 1000k service, it feels fantastic. They've clearly uh, re-tightened up the chain for me, tensioned the chain, changed the filter, oil filter, replaced the oil. And where it was getting a little bit laggy, a little bit jerky, a little bit uncomfortable to ride, it's actually, it feels, feels so much better. It feels instant. It almost feels like they've changed the mapping of the throttle or something, but I, I don't think they have. But, you know, that's, that's, it just feels so different. It still feels like the same bike, but it feels alive. One of my earlier videos, I mentioned that there was a lot of heat coming off the bike, and being a brand new engine, things are tight. You know, clearances are tighter, and so it does generate a lot more heat. Um, that has subsided. It's not generating as much heat as it used to at all, and it feels like it's got a bit of poke, a bit of go to it. This is a great bike. Uh-oh. Well, I still haven't taken this bike off-road on any sort of gravel yet, but on the twisties, the Moto Marini CMSO is great. It's, it's got a fatter front tyre than you would expect, and so that, with the seating position, you feel right in between the two tyres. So when you lean it over into the twisties, it just, it has this 
beautiful arc going around the corners. It's really nice. It is. It's a great bike. I haven't really noticed any bad things about the bike. Like, it does what it says on the box. A lot of people on the internet will tell you, ah, oh, because Motomarini is owned by a Chinese company, then that their bikes are crap. And yeah, the engine is essentially the same thing as the as what you'd find in a CF Moto. But that's... It's a solid engine, man. It really is. It's its build quality is there. Um, it pulls. As I said, it's not rip your face off talk, for, but for what it is, there is more than enough. I honestly think that um, the Motomarini 6.5, CMSO 6.5, SCR or STR, depending on which way you lean, is a brilliant bike for a learner. I think it's absolutely outstanding. I really do. This has been the first service on the Motomarini CMSO 6.5. I plan on doing a lot more riding on this bike now that it's fully broken in and, you know, sorted. Um, hit that subscribe button. Come along for the ride because this is, um, this is a bike I'm really looking forward to uh, taking on some road trips and getting out and about on. So there you go. The Motomarini Semezo 6.5 has had its 1,000km service and it's good to go for, I think, 10,000km now. And it's um, it's a peach of a bike. It's really cool. It really is. Um, for more on that, you can go to MotoNZ.com, check out the full story, or go to YouTube and search out MotoNZ. The channel there has a video up on that. And what I got to ride that day while the Motomarini was in getting its service. Right, it is now time to hear from Peter Elliott himself with his column, Pete's People. Cody, racer, rider, 100% committed. I'm a long-term rider and racer of motorbikes. From age 11, when I first started riding dirt bikes on a friend's RM80 in a paddock in South Taranaki, to today as a 52-year-old who'll be racing a Ducati 888 Superbike in Post Classics 2021 and 22. It's fair to say that I've had a few years and bikes to look back on, but also I can't wait to see what's coming in the future. Over 41 years I've tried all modes of riding, be it trail dirt riding, touring the country on a road bike, motards or enduro racing on and off-road. It's given me a large number of experiences to enjoy, look back on and draw from. However, racing road bikes sits at the top of my most passionate pastime to date. I really can't see that changing anytime soon, if ever. My current collection in the Man Cave consists of a 2012 Husky 250TXC, which is currently stripped down for a complete bike freshen up, a 1994 Ducati 888 World Superbike that I intend to race for the owner, and there's also a 1982 Ducati TT2 600 bike that's a ground up replica build. But I have to say that the current batch is only a recent sample of bikes. My machines have ranged from various Aprilia RSV4 1000 Superbikes to TZ250 PG bikes and a smattering of 400, 600 and 900cc race bikes. I mean there's always been a race bike in my garage for over 35 years. Yeah it might be called an addiction, but I want to ride each one as much as possible. 
And it's a truism that when you find good bikes in anyone's garage or shed, the people that have them just want to ride them. And in most cases, work on them. Rebuilding, fettling and fitting upgrades or just repairs and maintenance. Yeah, I guess on a personal level, motorbike riding is a passion. And it's one that takes care of my physical health by exercise, brightens my mental well-being and increases my social interactions. I'd say three quarters of the people I know are from this section of the New Zealand community and a fair few beyond these shores as well. My partner's ridden bikes and still holds a strong desire to continue along this path with me. It's the one constant in my life, other than my great partner. It's my personal belief that motorbikes equate to freedom and meditation, if you want to call it something. One could say that bikes are on the outer edge of the greater population, but I think this community is more significant than we actually realise. It keeps the smile on the face of a great number of Kiwis and riders around the world. Over the years of road racing, I've been privileged to have met some exceptional racers, real New Zealand heroes. People like John Britton, Simon Crafar, Andrew Stroud, Tony Rees and Graham Crosby. Everyone I've met has in some way given me inspiration to learn and to keep my passion. I think as riders we feed off each other's passion. It's infectious being around these people. When Graham Crosby had his dealership in Auckland around 1990, he took great interest in supporting promising riders through the shop. And I was fortunate enough to catch their eye. And this was really the catalyst to my ascending the ranks in road racing. Thank you, Cros. These many years of racing have developed and delivered me lifelong friends, friends that I regard nearly as extended family. I think bike people just like meeting other bike people. Looking to the future, with an eye on the past, I'd have to say that a 1992-2000 Yamaha TZ250 GP bike would be the one that I'd be most happy to have again. I've owned three over the years. It's a proper GP race bike, and there's nothing better for a racer to ride. Anyone that owns or owned a 250 GP bike will understand this. These bikes are pure pleasure to race and work on, as they're designed for just that, unlike most road bikes that are converted to race bikes. Every part of the GP is there to do a job, and to do it to the best possible degree. GP bikes do maybe, I don't know, 600 to 2,000 kilometres a year, and are built light, and fast and they're straightforward to work on. While converted road bikes retain many unwanted parts and weight, and they're engineered to go for tens of thousands of kilometres. I mean, they, they do a pretty good job of being a race bike, but they're simply nowhere as good as a pure GP bike. <laughs> to me, riding and racing are what sits within someone's DNA. And racing has given me the kind of focus that I couldn't find when trying out other sports or activities. I would say that every time I tried something other than racing, I'd always think, well, how can I use this skill or experience to help my racing endeavours? Or how can I apply this to racing? So I get a little lesson from riding any bike in any condition in order to build my skills. Luckily, I'm a pretty happy and content soul, or whatever you call it. Every time I get home after a day out riding on anything, I'm at my happiest. I even get a kick out of a less than ideal day's riding. Something will always happen that will change you somehow. It'll challenge you somehow. Be it a riding skill, a new location to visit and see, or a new person, or a group of people you meet. Every single time, you will be richer for it.
Thank you very much, Peter Elliott, for sharing Pete's People with us. If you want to know more, you can go to the latest edition of Kiwi Writer magazine at kiwirider.co.nz. You can also check out all the rest of my content at motonz.com. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Ray Heron. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Yeah.